This episode of Gotta Watch is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at www.WarbyParkerTrial.com slash gotta watch. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. What we're gonna do right here is go back, way back. Back into time. What I do, you're listening to the Gotta Watch podcast, your weekly guide to all the must-see movies and talked about TV shows. I'm your host, Bruno, and with me this episode is my childhood friend and co-host, that's Italiano, and this is QTB's Nick. Hey, yo, I'm Aka. Excited to be here, Bruno. That'll make sense in a minute. <laughs> and we have a very special guest joining me on her favorite movie of all time. It's my wife, Nicole. Hey, everyone. Nicole here. Excited to be joining the podcast. Woo! All right. Well, I am excited. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, each month we have a new theme featuring movies and television shows that you just gotta watch. And this month's theme is Back to School. And today's episode is all about Pitch Perfect, okay? Uh, I think it's one of the the quintessential Back to School movies. It definitely gives me those college vibes, is a comedy, music, romance movie. I guess those are pretty much the genres we can go with. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, my wife checked off on all those boxes. Yes. Yes. She's the authority yes, here. Yes. I can yes. tell already. <laughs> Um, so it was released in 2012 and it's got a PG 13 rating. Uh, and I think that's probably mainly for two scenes <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. And it's directed by Jason Moore starring Anna Kendrick, Skylar Aston, Rebel Wilson, Adam Devine, Anna Camp, Brittany Snow, Elizabeth Banks, John Michael Higgins, and Ben Platt. Those are the big names, but there's a whole ensemble cast. Um, that that is in Pitch Perfect, and it really is. I mean, we'd be here all day if we went through all the all the uh, cast members here. But let's kick it off with the tagline, Nick. What's the tagline for this? There's only one. They nailed it on the first try. It's all you need. It's get pitch slapped. Get pitch slapped. I like that. Me too. <laughs> it's very. Uh, I love the uh, pitch. Puns, as it were, in you this. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, let's start off with the synopsis overview. Babe, why don't you give them the synopsis of what Pitch Perfect is all about? Absolutely. So college freshman Becca is an independent aspiring DJ with no interest in college life until she meets the Bellas. The Barton Bellas are a collegiate all-girls acapella singing group that thrived on female pop songs and their perfect looks. After a disastrous failure at last year's finals, they are desperate for new members. So the Bellas must regain their status as the school's top singing acapella group. But after she meets Jessie from the aforementioned group, Becca has a new outlook and takes it upon herself to help the Bellas find their new look and sound to get them back into the competition. Ooh, well. Before we get started and dive in here, Gotta Watch is proudly part of the Quit the Build podcast network. Get the latest gaming and entertainment news from Quit the Build and discover our network of podcast partners via the QTB network page only on quitthebuild.com. Now, I'm not going to ask Nick if he's seen it before because we know the answer (laughs) is no. But no. 
you, uh, I did, I did say this might be something that your wife might be into because mm -hmm. she is a music teacher. So has she ever seen the movie before? She has, yeah. She had to think about it for a second, but she she realized, oh yeah, definitely that she has she has seen it. Now I definitely I think you can get this on HBO Max. Of course, we have we bought the movie. We have them all. Of course. Yes, we have like every edition. Like there's probably a sing along <laughs> edition, and we've got it. <laughs> but I think you can actually get this uh, on HBO Max. Did you rent this, Nick? Your voice racking up those Google Play points because I rented it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh my. Well, you know, that's we we want to give our our listeners the the option to let them know that, you know, sometimes like Brad said in a previous episode, sometimes the good movies aren't for free, right? Because they're good movies and and this is definitely one of my favorite uh movie. It really is one of my favorite movies. I love I'm not a big musical person by any means, but yeah. this just, I mean, it's almost like a musical parody, yeah. right? Like they're, they're, they're almost making fun of like Glee and mm -hmm. yeah. these, yeah, you know, these types <laughs> of films. So, or, or TV shows. And, and I think it, it definitely hits the comedy uh, aspect. And that's probably my favorite part uh, about this is is just the overall comedy that it gets into. Now, for me, the funniest scene, and I crack up every time, Nick, and I, I don't know if you're going to be able to guess it, but the best part to me is when tone deaf sidekick Justin comes in and he says, <laughs> this is at the auditions. They're getting ready to audition to be in one of these uh, collegiate groups, right? These collegiate acapella groups. Now, the fact that this school has more than one acapella group is just <laughs> stunning. It's pretty, pretty far-fetched. <laughs> or an entire, an entire group of, uh, of deaf Jews. Yeah. There's just that many. They need the, their own group. The Barton DJs. Yeah, the deaf yeah. Jews. Best college ever. Best college ever, yeah. So uh, there's this scene where uh, uh, it's Christopher Mintz-Ploss and then, you know, this um, – this his his tone deaf sidekick Justin, and he says, "If I could sing a lick in any human way possible, I would, but I can't, and I hate myself every day because of it." <laughs> I mean, you would hate yourself too if you were the only person in a singing movie that couldn't sing, right? <laughs> he literally is the only one, pretty much the only one that's like doesn't sing, but he's yeah. always there, right? He's always there. Um, I think the entire audition scene is gold. Now, uh, Nick, what was your what was your favorite favorite moment? What was the best scene for you? What made this movie? You're right. The audition scene was such a good one, especially with just like the random people they tossed in there, like the the one girl that couldn't stop crying. Um, oh my gosh, course, that that yeah. that I, I I always tell my wife I'm you like I love that part because her crying, she's singing um, Kelly Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone. Yeah, and it, it is it hits way too close to home for her. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, she's just laying it all out there on the on the audition stage. But yeah, that's a great scene. I I gotta tell you, my favorite really was just anything with Fat Amy in it. I mean. <laughs> What a what a fantastic character, you know. There's a lot of stereotypes kind of, you know, that a lot of these characters in, in embodied, but she was the fun kind of wild card of um, and this some of the lines that she would put out being like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to finish him like a cheesecake." <laughs> 
or I've wrestled dingoes and alligator crocodiles simultaneously. Simultaneously, yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the movie, she says one of our favorite lines. Uh, they're all giving their... Um, they're like confessions and, and um, Cynthia Rose gets up there and there's there's been some ambiguity towards her sexuality throughout the whole movie. And Fat Amy says, oh, here we go. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great line from her. Now, apparently, apparently, uh, and you might have to cut this out. Wait, what do you mean we lost a sponsor? Bob, Circus Peanuts aren't showing up because they never actually sponsored us. Yeah, I said promotional consideration, Bob. That means they considered and passed. Apparently, Rebel Wilson had people in stitches for hours because she would essentially improvise. And it said Brittany Snow mentioned in an, in, an, in an interview that Rebel Wilson improvised most of her lines and would go on these 20-minute tangents that would essentially have the whole cast and crew in stitches. So it, it it's not... She is definitely the favorite in this. Uh, now, circling back to your favorite moment, babe, yes. what what is your favorite moment of the film? So my favorite moment has to be the riff off. Ooh. I just love how many different songs there are during that and how people are aggressive and kind of like stump and I don't know. They just get into it and I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good one. I, I so later on in the movie, they all of the once everyone has has become a part of one of these acapella groups, they go and have this acapella sing off in an empty pool. Which you know, I don't like. I said the the school's got an empty pool too. Like, what are they doing with this? Yeah, <laughs> this is free real estate here, and they're just it's empty. Throw your riff off. You can't fill it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Obviously, <laughs> that's the only thing it's used for at this point. Yeah. It's just it's just good acoustics. But uh, yeah, there is a really really good scene towards the uh, middle of the movie where they essentially have this riff off, and they are they have to pick up a song right where the last lyric left off and they have different categories like ladies of the 80s and yeah. uh nine you know 90s R&B songs and love songs all these different things and uh just a really really fun song so I I definitely think that the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks especially for the songs that they use I listen to it all the time. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah. Exactly. You were listening to it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great because, yeah, so many of the songs are just, they're they're fantastic covers in their own right. And, you know, I, this is more of a relatively recent revelation for me, but I'm, I love mashups. Um, one of my, oh, my yeah. favorite mashup artists is uh, DJ Cumberbund, who oh, he, he yeah. has, and you know, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, he I can, do. He, this guy's magic. He can take a, any song and just put them together for whatever reason, just for like the the, the sake of like a dumb title. Yeah. Um, and then yep. it, it still works. <laughs> it still and, works. I don't know. How he you know. Does it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this 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 I mean, this movie's going back to talk about what 2012. You know, yeah. when it was still kind of a, and it was a thing that DJs did, but I just love the idea um, that that the riff off. Um, to your point there, Nicole, it, it's kind of where Becca realizes that her skill set like can work within this acapella groups, you know, uh, yeah. to, to her strength. Like she really, she, she's like, oh yeah, I, you, you mean we can just do anything that works? And yep. all of a sudden, she's got you know all these perfect, uh, perfect answers. Right? It was it, it, that was a really fun scene. Definitely. Well, and up until that point, right, Aubrey um, uh, Posen, who's the leader of the Barden Bellas at that that point, ends up uh, just 
taking control of the whole thing and says, you know, we we're only doing uh, songs led by by female artists and we're only doing this specific set list. And it becomes clear throughout the movie that Aubrey has her own agenda and it's making up for the previous mistake that she made in last year's championships, the ICCAs. And that's when in the very beginning of the movie, no spoilers here, she ends up barfing like projectile vomiting all over the crowd in the beginning. I guess the nerves got to her and she just like Ralph said all over everyone. Yikes is right. (laughs) The commentator, the guy's like, uh, oh, it looks like she just lost her, lost her lunch there. And I think the other one was Gail. She's like, no, no, we can, see it it's right there it's we found it it's all in the front row yep <laughs> it's in the that, third row <laughs> it's in the third row oh geez <laughs> that's how far <laughs> yeah literally um so and and that you know we've been talking about this in the, in the past couple episodes really of of Chekhov's gun Remember, we we talked about this in in the the Cornetto trilogy. This idea, this literary device that that says if something is mentioned, or you know, if if we describe a gun over a mantle, or if you see something like that in a, in in the beginning of a movie, then by the second or third act of that movie, you better darn sight you know, have that gun go off. Like it, it needs to go off. And, and throughout the whole movie, they're, they're kind of alluding to this fact that Aubrey might spew her guts again. And <laughs> that is the Chekhov's gun in this, in this movie, you know, it's coming. There's a scene in the end where that, that is definitely probably one of the most memorable scenes, not for the fact that it's, it's hilarious, but for the fact that it's almost oh. disgusting. Yes. <laughs> That if I ever watch this movie again, that will be that will be where I skip. So I skip ahead like three minutes. We've done that. We even skip forward. I just, just like, I nope, can't. Not right now. Nope, I can't. Right now. Ice cream. No when thanks. Lily makes the uh, the vomit angels, where the snow angel like in it, yes. I'm just like, okay, I'm no. Yes, <laughs> we'll get there though. Well, you you know that you know we know in the back of our minds that this is not of course uh, that it's not real vomit that it's probably like you know applesauce uh, applesauce mixed with you know bean juice or something like that and then there yeah. you go but mm. even so it's definitely the idea of that is but there were a lot of moments in here that were kind of. Uh, that dealt with a lot of weird, gross things. One of the my one of the best moments uh, is when the Bellas are going to a, a championship and the treble makers pass by them in their bus. And Adam Devine's character, Bumper, decides he's going to throw his burrito at at Fat Amy, which, by the way, she dons herself. The name Fat Amy because she doesn't want twig like. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's getting out ahead of it. Yeah, I love she's it. Getting out. Yeah. Oh, she had the best first impression with me. That was such a great scene. So I mean, I mean, this relationship that Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson uh, have in the movie is is essentially like they contrived it themselves. Is that you know this was something that they had talked about in between their scenes, and they basically 
wanted to uh, create a backstory for their two characters and their entire relationship. Well, the filmmakers thought that the hostile sexual chemistry between the two was so funny that they just kept some of the scenes in the film. And throughout the film, according to the two actors, there was a lot that was cut out, um, including a reference to a one-night stand. So mm. there were, uh, which kind of comes up later, which is interesting because Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson both acted opposite each other in Workaholics. There's a Workaholics episode called yeah. Straight Up Jugahose. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and she plays, she really plays a juggalo or a juggaho. And, and yeah, and get Don's the full fa face paint for insane. For those of you who don't know, a juggaho or a juggalo is somebody who's a fan of the insane clown posse. And all you got to do is just type that into Google and have a fun yeah. afternoon, right? Oh, I learned that's something right. today. Exactly. That's why you come to the Gotta Watch podcast <laughs> yeah. to learn all about these things. Now, this is this this cracks me up. And, and Adam Devine's character is, is one of my favorite in the movie. I mean, if I had to yeah. pick a favorite character besides Fat Amy, it would be Bumper or, you know, the character played by Adam Devine. So, so funny. Yeah. Um, and he, he's just a funny guy. There was, uh, apparently upon seeing the title, uh, Adam Devine thought that pitch perfect was a baseball movie. And so he prepared to sing. He didn't prepare to sing a song at the audition. He like showed up in like baseball gear with a mitt and a, and a like a glove and a ball and was like doing stretches. Did no research at all. <laughs> Just the title. <laughs> he was doing stretches out there, you know. And yeah. so he goes in for his audition and he's doing his audition. And the, the producers are like, you know, have you prepared a song? And he's like, no, I haven't. Take it or leave it. And they're like, well, we're going to leave it. So see you know. And he's like, no, 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 no. Actually, I did prepare a song. And so he's <laughs> trying to think of a song and he just pulls out this little number. Whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> He starts full singing house. the Full House theme song. They were impressed, and he was hired as the role of Bumper immediately. <laughs> I can totally see where your love affair with Adam Levine started yeah. with this movie. Because I, when I when I first saw him come on uh, at the very beginning, right, the first number that they do, and I look yeah. at the year of this because you you got me into watching Workaholics recently. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay, timeline wise, I see where Bruno's like, okay, he's on the Adam Levine train because. Levine. Uh, Devine, I'm sorry. Uh, the Adam Levine, <laughs> Adam that's a uh, completely separate Maroon Adam. 5. <laughs> but yeah, like he by far is my 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 favorite character in the whole thing because yeah. I mean, what a what a ham. Like I don't care that he's the antagonist. <laughs> he really is. And I love that he just gives it all up, you know, and so it's a plot point that he 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 heads on out to uh, become a backup singer for John Mayer. <laughs> does yeah about uh right before the final championship he like comes in and he's like hey i'm leaving he's like i don't know i'm gonna he's like i'm going to la he's like uh john mayer asked me personally through an assistant to sing backup <laughs> for him and that's where i'm going he's like i don't know i might get my ears pierced i might get a tattoo it's la i don't know <laughs> I mean, he does have his own sandals, so. Yeah. His <laughs> Did you see that? Did you catch that? Towards no. The, towards the right before the very last uh, competition, the uh, he's, like, sitting there doing the pose right before they're singing. And um, uh, John, the, uh, the announcer, he says, uh, yeah, and Bumper is actually sporting uh, – is actually – 
uh, investing in his own line of sports sandals. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the the little things like that that are so ridiculous. Now, I personally, I personally think that um, the announcers in there, uh, John Michael Higgins and Elizabeth Banks, do a hilarious job. Yeah, uh, even even John's o- overtly misogynistic takes on everything. One of my yeah. favorite, my my wife, she just rolls her eyes every time it comes up. But I'm like, it's hilarious when he says uh, females or and women are as good at singing a cappella as they are at being doctors. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your line because that one that one got me. When I heard that one, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a dodgeball style thing where like the commentary is going to be just as good as everything else. It really is. Yeah. Um, and it only gets better as the, you know, for the, for the subsequent, the subsequent episodes and whatnot. Um, now personally, I, I think that one of the really interesting facts that kind of goes, uh, under the radar is the character of Cynthia Rose was played by Esther Dean and during the riff off, uh, Cynthia Rose, Cynthia Rose starts off by singing um, that uh, sings S and M by uh, Rihanna, yeah. and she actually co-wrote that song, which not many people know about. So, in fact, she was really the only professional singer in the entire cast. Was was uh, Esther Dean who played Cynthia Rose? Like I said, and it, it just it's. She does a fantastic job and has a phenomenal voice in that. So a lot of these these actors really had to sing for this movie, and they did a great job. They all have fairly decent voices. And, I mean, if you could choose one acapella group, obviously, Nick, I would, I would, I would go for the Treblemakers, but they wouldn't have me because I'd be too <laughs> weird like Benji. <laughs> Mm. And I'd I'd end up in the high notes. <laughs> Where you belong. Now, now, babe, wh- if you could obviously, which one are you gonna choose? Uh, the Barden Bellas. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, that's where Amy is, of course. Nick, Mm -hmm. if you could choose one, which one would it be? All right, look, and I've got a good reasoning for this. I'd be in the Sacapellas. We knew it. Okay, okay. (laughs) And I gave this some thought. I'm going to be real with you. Because the Troublemakers are amazing, but the Sacapellas, here's my thing, right? Not only is it an amazing novelty act, like you could take that show on like America's Got Talent, but I don't have to be dancing around on the stage like an idiot because I can't do that. You know, instead, I just put my hands in a sock and let that little guy just express himself, you know? Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Way to play to your strength. Way to play. Thank yep. you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so funny because we were talking about this and, and uh, when we came up with this this side question, this personal question, um, we said, which one is Nick going to choose? And he, she said the Sacapellas, definitely. For sure. <laughs> For sure, we saw instantly new. Now, I do believe... That the Sacapellas, the actual Sacapellas were, um, what's that? A pentatonics. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So do you know the the, acap- yeah. the actual acapella group pentatonics? Yeah. That was the Sacapellas. So oh my they show up in the, in the uh, movie. I'm pretty sure you can't mm-hmm. really find this online too much. It's a, it's a hard trivia point to find. But there was an interview where they did uh, with some of the members of Pentatonics, and they said, you know, you'll instantly be able to tell it's us because we have something very interesting on our hands. And uh, there's only one group that had that. That was the Sacapellas, <laughs> baby. <yeah. laughs> 
Sacapellas were just a uh, uh, one of the many groups that showed up to the ICCAs, and they decided to do their whole performance through sock puppets, and it was beautiful. It was and a very, third place very, finish. I mean, yeah, that's great, right? Yeah. I mean, you that's that's impressive. You don't have to move on, but you still get a prize. If you're if you're into if you're into singing singing movies, sing sing alongs, singicles. What do you want to call musicals? Singicals. I think musicals is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, that one. That one too. Sing alongicals. Sing alongicals. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. I figure if you're into that, then you'll really be interested. Um, in this movie and if you're not and you're like eh it has a lot of good looking girls in there for all the dudes out there so if you want a nice romantic film to watch with your significant other this is the one to watch <laughs> and I gotta give out this sexy this sexy tidbit apparently there well there is a scene where Anna Kendrick and Brittany Snow are uh, in a shower together and apparently they were completely naked while filming that shower scene so there's all mm. your fantasies guys Kendrick oh stated that although she was initially nervous the atmosphere had been hot and humid that she got comfortable with being nude around Brittany Snow mm. and jokingly said uh, that she had her body quote unquote memorized <laughs> to the point yeah. that she even refused to put on a robe between takes. So there you go. The, the, the price it is for being an actress in yeah. Hollywood. I mean, you know, very, very uh, great scene there. And then, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta say that guy coming in to shoot his shot. He was just like, Hey, how's it going? We're yeah. going to finish the shower. Or what are we doing here? What's yeah. the game plan? Hey, and don't forget to mention Skylar Aston. Oh, yeah. He's a good-looking dude with the yes. great voice. Yes, he is. And I, I got to say, listen, if you like this movie, obviously there are two sequels that you can catch, Pitch Perfect 2 and Pitch Perfect 3. Uh, or if you want to see a, um, a a TV show that that's kind of got this same vibe, uh, and stars Skylar Aston, you can check out Zoe's Infinite Playlist, which uh -huh. I like to believe that that's where Skylar Aston went after the Pitch Perfect thing. He was just like, he got a job, and now he just sings sings <laughs> at this, this tech company, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, well, you can also check out other other musicals like Mamma Mia, or if you want another great female-led comedy, there's Bridesmaids out there, mm. and that's another great one for you. So before we get into the final ratings, today's podcast was sponsored in part by Pierce Unlimited. For marketing media that works in bespoke design to power your business, visit PierceUnlimited.com. All right. The final ratings here, Nick, uh, IMDb gave this a seven. What? Yeah. I, they a gave seven? It a, a seven. They gave it a seven. Uh, what, what did you give it, my friend? I mean, what are they, what are they doing out there? Listen, I don't know. you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty conservative with my scoring. At least I have, yeah. that have been so far on, on the podcast. Uh, I gave this a nine and I think that's my highest Ooh, score of anything so far. Yeah. So Here's my rationale. This is a feel-good movie. Like, this is a popcorn film. Uh, e even if you're not a big music person, um, it's just fun to follow. Um, yeah. I was I was never bored. The pacing of the film was never uh, really off, in my opinion. Uh, there was just a whole lot to like about it. And, yeah, the soundtrack, obviously. I mean, if, you, if you're a musical <laughs> and your your soundtrack is bad, you're not going to score high, right? But, no. you know, the, the only places, I, I almost wanted to give it higher. I, I could have gone as high as maybe a 9.5, but 
where I docked it a little bit is uh, two things. One, like they were talking about earlier, I think that whole that whole vomit scene, especially when it came back, <laughs> they just they 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 played with it literally a little too long. Um, <laughs> really did. So that yeah. was it, it. Was kind of immersion breaking for me, where I'm just mm. like, come on, like let's move past this. Um, and also, I thought that the plot point with um, one of the one of the members having the vocal nodes removed, and that's Her like nodes. The, yeah, oh, the nodes. plot convenience point for how she can sing, how she she could sing bass. And I get it, like, you know, you have an all-female group, and that really yeah. is a shortcoming that nobody can sing bass, and what is an acapella group without, you know, a rich, yeah. dynamic bass singer? But at the same time, it's like, when I was listening to the final performance with an acapella <laughs> thing, it's really easy to hide behind everybody singing, right, where you don't, yeah. you're not listening for something. But when I knew, like, okay, she's the only one that can sing bass, and in their final number, it is clearly a dude yeah, that is yeah. singing bass. <laughs> And when it shows her singing, she's oh, not like yeah. synced to it at all. And I'm just like, oh, this is taking me out of it. That's not she her. She almost knows that, you know, it's yeah. not her voice. Like, that's, yeah. we, we, you know, we look at that as, uh, as one of those. That's comical. Yeah, that's it's yeah. kind of a comical. Like, you know, we know, you know, the audience knows. And and I, I love the nodes, uh, the, <laughs> them constantly bringing up because it's like an excuse for everything. I had to Google it's it. Nodes. It's a real thing. It's her, yeah, <laughs> vocal nodules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was telling Nicole last night, I said, you know, this, uh, the fact that the doctor even said that she wouldn't be able to sing above a G sharp, like yeah. that would be the, the prognosis that she would get right. from the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this also rates highly on your list, babe. What did you rate? Nick gave it a nine. What was your rating? Okay, well, initially, I wanted to give it a 10 because it is my favorite movie. <laughs> but then I thought back, and the puke scenes. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. Thank you. So, <laughs> 9.5 is the score I'm going to get it because I can watch it over and over and over again. It's still funny. Yeah. So that's a win for me. Definitely. Well, I was a little more conservative on the on the scale. I did. I do think it's definitely one of the highest rated movies that I've rated. Um, it is the highest written movie I've rated so far. I gave it an eight point two five. I thought it was great. Uh, I think that you're right there. The you kind of you know I was talking to Nicole about it, and I she's like I give it a ten, and I'm like okay, there's there's nothing you would change about the movie. What's a serious commitment? <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm going to dock a quarter points for the two puke scenes. Yeah. I'm like, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to crunch those numbers, Nick. What do we get? Do you, are you looking at the, are you looking at our ratings thing? I crunched the numbers. It's 26.75. Woo! 26.75. That is our highest rating yeah. out of 30. And it came in with a gotta watch average of 8.9. So that is our highest rated movie, or our highest rated to date is an 8.9. So nearly, I mean, this one of those that you got to watch, right? That's why we're doing this. We're giving you tons of stuff that you got to watch here. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Yeah. Nick, what is the bonus award we're going to give today? What are we giving to these guys? Ah, uh, Bruno, today's bonus award is the microphone that Hoobastank used when they rocked out at the Schnee Performing Arts Center. Who? Hoobastank. Yes! That's nice. Je I know everyone's jelly about that one. Yes, the <laughs> microphone Hoobastank used. What it do? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, 
We want to give you guys a, a huge thank you and a huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, Nick Nick, Epicapture Productions, The Dudas Monk, that's Terry, and <laughs> Indie Gamiacs. <laughs> <laughs> that's Terry. That's Terry. If you would like a shout out at the end of each and every episode, plus bonus stuff, that's right, for $2, uh, starting at $2 for our base tier, you can get some awesome bonus stuff on our Patreon, which you can find on our website, quitthebuild.com. Tell them about it, Nick. Oh, my goodness, Bruno. We've got so much going on there at quitthebuild.com. The, the network page, of course, we got, like we talked about earlier, we have our uh, network shows on there, both present and future, uh, some teasers of, of what's to come for us, uh, the blog. I mean, just so many great things. And the great news is, you know, initially when we first made that blog, Bruno, it was a gaming blog, but we've actually got some articles on the way that are more about TV, film, that kind of thing, uh, a lot to like there. And, of course, if you head to our community page, that's where you can find, uh, well, you know, community things. You can uh, link up with us uh, on Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and of course, we even have a Discord. Oh, Hashtag yeah. Terry Fan Club. Hashtag Terry Fan Club, and we are super excited to be continuing on with our back to school theme next episode. Brad's gonna be on here, and Nicole is gonna be joining us again. For an episode on Clueless. That's right, the 1995 classic Clueless starring Alicia Silverstone. We're going to be diving into it. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. For Nick and Nicole, I'm Bruno. And for Bruno and Nicole, I'm Nick. And thank you. <laughs> you, you nailed it. You nailed it. That's it. Yep, that's, that's, it. The, that's what that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Peace out. What a deal. Promotional consideration for Gotta Watch is brought to you in part by Horizontal Running. Horizontal Running. It's real exercise. <laughs>